Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are welcome. You're welcome. So today, in Adventures in Podcasting, <laughs> we are we're going to try something that we we hope will become the regular thing. We are going to give. We are actually going to record two podcasts today. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to do like a our regular nonsense podcast. And then we are going to do a separate draft podcast, also nonsense, but 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 more directly draft. And we are going to release them at the same time. Is that is that a, do my understanding? Well, this you right? missed you missed the maybe the most important thing, which is that each of them is going to be roughly 45 minutes. That's long. right. That is right. Which is if you've listened to this podcast over the last uh, 31 years that we've been doing it. Yes, that is about. 12% of the average <laughs> length of one of the podcasts we've done. But now, so we're on Meadowlark Media now. We're part of this globally dominant yes. megacorp. Yes. Right. That's how yes. you would describe Meadowlark is oh, like a sort of absolutely. like an international. It's like um, it's like one of those uh, scary like uh, Raytheon or General That's Dynamics. Right. <laughs> it's like an, a massive international conglomerate. That's right. Fortune 500 company. And so they've been putting the screws to us. Oh. They've been saying, guys, if you want to be part of this megacorp, <laughs> we have certain standards that you have to adhere to. And one of them is that you can't you can be as stupid as you want. You just can't be stupid for uh, two and a half hours a day. So we're going to be we're going to be precise. We're going to be That's professional. Right. That's right. We're limit this. These suck. These both of these suckers to 45 <laughs> minutes. But if you happen to be the kind of person who enjoys listening to the endlessly long droning version of the podcast. Yes. You can just listen to them back to back and then you'll get a solid 90 minutes of nothing. Of nothing. Of absolutely nothing. Well, and we we thought about doing this. We we have tried this in multiple ways because, look, people should know that we are not without conscience. We have many times finished our podcast at like roughly eight hours or whatever it comes in. And you will say, shouldn't we split that up? People yeah. like, like, you yeah, know. that's key. We, it's not that we don't <laughs> that we're unaware of how way too long it is. We are. We just don't care. Right. Right. So we don't care. But, but now and- <laughs> now we have these corporate overlords, these these thugs, basically, who are <sighs> who are standing over us. It's in horrible. Their, fancy suits and they're pointing they're <laughs> wagging their fingers at us and saying gentlemen we have a professional standard to adhere to yes and so we're basically we're in a corner and we and what the are, only way out is to just is to try to be uh, a little more efficient well more efficient or just split it up in two which is what we're doing we're not actually right. going to be any more efficient <laughs> <laughs> than ever uh but yeah so 
So, and I'm hoping that we will add this fun element to this, which is a cliffhanger at the end of our first podcast. Don't you like, think? Like, a, like coming up is our draft, but we're not going to tell you what the topic is. Yeah. Have to go or, or, to or, or, or we really, we just go, you know, we do it like, like one of those local news cliffhangers. Like at the end, we just say, is your house, is the air in your house killing you? Right. Check tune out in, on the second. Check out, the, check out the podcast <laughs> draft. Where we will give you answers. So, uh, so very exciting, but we, but we got a rush. We've already wasted like four minutes and, and we don't have it anymore That's with right. the corporate we don't overlords. Have the, we don't, we have, don't have, we don't have the luxury of time. We now have to be, we have to make widgets and we have to make them on a schedule. We have so to make the widgets. We have to make the widgets. And I think we should start making the widgets, uh, by talking about, uh, that world series, I guess, like for like three minutes. Cause I, I, I don't think we want to spend a lot of time on that world series, but we haven't talked about it. Uh, when we last left you, it was one, one. And we thought, Oh, this might be a decent world series. And, uh, it, it, it wasn't right. Like no. it was pretty bad, right? It was a pretty bad series. I mean, it's, it's it had look, moments. It's, it had its moments. There were some cool things that happened. Jorge Soler's home run that went that was, uh, 700 oh feet gosh. was and, was truly it was je- legitimately exciting as a oh, sports yeah. moment, like a moment like you won't forget, like an unforgettable moment. That yeah, definitely- like a moment that I, I always judge World Series is by how many things that happened will be in future montages about the world series <laughs> right. before like game one. Right. And there, there weren't that many that, no. but that was one of them. That was that, that home run where he just stood there and then oh. kind of like admired his work. It was, was it uh, was fantastic. First, two things about that to ask you specifically one, like as soon as he hit it, did you immediately think of the Pujols home run in the, yes, absolutely. like immediately, immediately thought of the Pujols home run, same same park, hit it to the same place yep. and hit the same silence button on those fans. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like those are the two mute button home runs of all time. I think where the fans are going crazy and then they're just silence. Yeah. What silence. a, what a roller coaster Houston Astros fans have been on for the last Oof. five years. I mean, the highest highs. Yes. And the lowest lows and and the lowest low is not just on field stuff, but also off field stuff. (laughs) They've been to five straight ALCSs. Right. Right. And and normally that fan base, a fan base of a team that's been to five straight ALCSs or NLCSs is the happiest fan base in the world because it's just it's the as speaking as a New England Patriots fan, like. My team is for 20 years, but seemingly was had a first round by and was in the uh, AFC championship game every single year yeah. and more often than not at home. <laughs> and it really just is this thing where you just can't believe year after year after year, 12 and four, 13 and three, 14 and two AFC championship game at home. You don't always win it, but you're always one of the final four. And the Astros have been that for half a decade. And yet who's happier right now? Astros fans or like Rays fans, right. if there are any, right. who know that they're who like have a really fun team and like make the playoffs when they're not expected to and have a low payroll and are like that. You know, I I I I feel like the Astros fans are the least happy fans of any team that's made five straight Final Fours. Well, it's yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I think there is. It's not ironic because that you that word cannot be more misused. Um, but it is an interesting mix that it was the it was Atlanta that took them out right this time around because that's what Atlanta was right like Atlanta was 
every year they go every year they end up disappointed except for 95 which was a weird strike you know late year, year and all that yeah. yeah and and that's kind of like the Astros won one of these of these five um but it is it is nobody counts it i mean other than astros fans nobody considers it to be legitimate right um and rightfully or wrongfully by the way because i mean obviously they were a great team uh but but you know you cheat you 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 uh you don't get that uh, benefit of the doubt anymore and then what that washington well losing in the in the alcs the next year then losing washington that seven game series against a team they were they thought they were significantly better than, and that wasn't a yeah. great series, even though it went seven, like each game was like not that great and no home team. I don't won. remember. I don't remember anything from that world. Series I remember the soda all. home run in like in game seven. That's like the, that's kind of like, what I, remember I remember the, I remember not fans singing the baby shark song. That's I do remember that. <laughs> and then 2020 was just like some wacky year. Nobody really even understood what it was. And then this, they lose, you know, in the same way that they lost to Washington. The other, the other thing I was going to ask you about that home run was, so the Freddie Freeman home run earlier in that series was actually longer. Like it was actually like yeah. a more Titanic shot. Get it to dead center, basically, right? But well, more right, right, oh, right center, center, right. But it like because it didn't leave the park, it just kind of went into the stands and all that. Right. But it didn't seem half as impressive as great as it was. It was incredible, but. Like, I don't believe you can hit a more impressive home run than the one that, uh, that, well, that, that, that stadium like Fenway is constructed for right-handed pole right. hitters right. to do impressive things. It's like, it, they basically built it for Correa and Altuve, right? Yeah. Like, because those it, it's like, there's the, the, the mini wall out there and then the bunch of stands. And then there's this like structure of the stadium and then there's like a train track on the top of it or something. And then you can hit it over that and it just disappears into yes. the night. Yes. So, yeah, it if you told if you asked a thousand people which of those two home runs was longer, every one of them would say the Solaire home run because right. it looked like it looked like it was hit. It looked like it never of, landed. It looked like it never it, it like it like it hit. It, it was hit to a point beyond the limits of time and space <laughs> because it just disappeared. So I, I think the the feeling that the crowd gets when a home run when it you know Barry Bonds used to hit those home runs to like left center uh in San Francisco yeah that that would would land in like the 10th row right and then you would get the stats and it was like that was a 480 foot home yeah run. right right and, and it's just because that park had that crazy outfield and the power necessary to hit it to where he hit it was absurd but then someone else you know, JT Snow hits a ball over the right field wall that lands in the water, and it right. looks like it went further. Yeah, much further. It's the same thing in Houston. So, yeah, I the 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 really wild thing is, and you wrote about this when Solaire hits that home run. It's not just that the the uh, crowd goes silent; it's the World Series is over. It's like over. there was there was it, it, at that point. I don't know what the actual odds were of the uh, of the Braves winning that game. But in the minds of the Astros, it was a hundred percent. Like right. there was no, there was no coming back from that. There was no. It took all of the drama out yes. of the out of the game and thus out of the series because it was just like a the most. Uh, uh, it was a stake through the heart of the yeah. Astros. Yeah, yeah, and look, and neither one of us is like some 
some sort of like believer in momentum that momentum can necessarily you know wreck a team and like you know you're hot or whatever like we we've all you know you and i have both read plenty of those hot hand uh formula you know stories and all that but i don't care like, like as soon as he hit yeah. that home run i mean it was it, like the astros conceivably could have like come back the next inning like it, it, it wasn't it didn't put them down like you know a, an enormous net amount but uh, they weren't coming back. That was it. It was, was- it was weirdly similar. Again, not ironic, but weirdly similar to the game seven of the Astros Dodgers at Dodger Stadium, where the yeah. Astros went up five nothing early. Charlie Morton is on the mound. And it just I was at that game. You were yeah. at that game. We were both there. And yeah. you you were just like, oh, yeah, the Dodgers aren't coming back from this. I don't well, know why. But, but you know, what's really interesting is there was a moment in that game that was was the exact moment, and I believe it was it was Bellinger at the plate, right? Like like they'd gone down, and then the Dodgers uh, rallied. They have they put a rally, like first like and put, third one yeah, out, like, or first and third nobody right. out, or something. Yeah, and Seager and Bellinger coming up, and both of them had like terrible at bats. Like they both struck out, but not only struck out, like they were they they chased bad pitches, and yeah, and and then you texted me right then. You were there with your son. But you texted me, you're like, it's over. Like, yeah. that, like, like, it just felt like it was over. Well, the really interesting thing to wrap up this 2021 baseball season is that now this Astros team that has had five straight years of uh, ALCS play and a, and a title, uh, their team's going to be very different soon. Like yeah. uh, Correa, they, they, made, they made an a- announcement a couple days ago that they had offered Correa the highest contract that the team, the franchise had ever offered anyone, which was, I think, five years, $160 million. And that is, I would say, roughly half of what Carlos Correa is seeking, <laughs> right? He's probably more in the 10, 320 Yeah, that's zone. right. Yeah, in, in length of contract, it's definitely yeah. more close. And, and like, I mean, Lindor set the, set the uh, floor for shortstops last year or whatever it was with the Mets. And his is what three forty one. Like you think Correa is going to take one sixty when Lindor takes gets a one three forty one. Like <laughs> he's, I mean, eight is eight is the minimum yeah. in terms of yeah. years. And I would say two seventy five is the minimum in terms of dollars. So they that leak that the Astros had offered him five one sixty was a a little bone they were throwing to their fan base by saying. Hey, we made an offer. If right. he turns it down, it's not on us. Right. So he's gone. Yeah. Um. They've they've got like they still have a lot of. I mean, they still have Jordan Alvarez. They have Kyle Tucker still young. They've got Altuve still, but like Correa leaving is the first, uh, crack. It's the first crack in that team's core. And I don't. Who knows? Like, I mean, obviously they still have a really good roster. They have some pitching problems, but they you know, they, they, they're really good at player development. They'll have more guys come up or whatever, but it's just, it's like, this was the window. This was a five-year window with that core. Yeah. And now who knows, like they, anything can happen. Like Altuve gets hurt next year or Or, Alvarez gets gets hurt or or gets old or whatever. And like, you could, there could be a changing in the guard. There are some younger teams like the Rays are, have their entire team back essentially, except for Nelson Cruz. Uh, And the, you know, the Red Sox were overperformed last year. The Yankees are always lingering around. Like there is a decent chance that this run of championship series is over for the Astros. Yeah, I think I mean, that's no, I think that's right. I, I, I just think they're 
it's it's it always has been kind of a weird team. Like they were they were totally dominant in 2017, right? And and we're the best team, even though the Dodgers came in, you know, and, and equally as good probably. But the Astros were, were a great team. And then, you know, it started to just shift a little bit. They were good in 2019, but I don't think anybody thought they were. Well, they like, won 100. They won 100 games in 2018 and, and just ran into a buzzsaw. That's the right. Red Sox, the Red that's Sox right. just buzzed through everybody that everybody, year. Everybody that year. But right. they did win 100 games, 103. Yeah, games no, no. They were terrific in 18. But, you know, but then, I mean, the whole Verlander, you know, issues with health and and they started, you know, moving guys around and and uh, look, they're they feel they feel older probably than they are just because we've so used to the characters. I mean, I, yeah. I, that was that was to me like that hurts them not as much as the cheating scandal. But I mean, we're like, we're sick of them. I mean, even <laughs> even if they were even if they were like. You know, they were kind of fresh and young and, and you know, people were all excited about this team that was doing it differently. And, you know, remember the, you know, there was the books were coming out about the, oh, the, the, the Astros way and all that. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, the Astros way means like smacking garbage cans. That wasn't as fun. And then like, all right, you know, Altuve was this week. We used to love Altuve. He was this yeah. lovable. And now he's like, eh, whatever. I think that the real question here is and Dan Lebetard, uh, chairman, CEO, overlord, oh, corporate overlord of Metalark Media yeah. has been talking about this a lot in terms of um, in terms of football. And what he's been saying is it is m- more and more remarkable as time goes by of what the what the Patriots did in their oh, yeah. run, because yeah. it is you look at all of the other teams who popped up and challenged the Patriots, uh, you know, like the Giants won those two Super Bowls right. and like, oh, here come the Chiefs. And they win a Super Bowl one year and it's, oh, oh here comes this team, this yeah. team, that team, whatever. But the Patriots being as good as they were and, as, and actually finishing the deal yeah. and winning as many six titles right. is you realize how hard that is when you look at now the Eagles and the Chiefs are struggling. And and it, the same is true in baseball where, you know, these teams that are like the Braves of the 90s or now yeah. the Astros of the last five years. Or the Yankees, frankly, of the, the Yankees. Of that, you know, the Yankees yeah. have won one World Series in the last. They they haven't had a losing record in whatever it is, 25 years. <laughs> and they have one World Series title right. since 2000. So I guess the question is, like, if if this if the Astros dynasty wanes here and they end up fi- going to five straight ALCSs and a World Series title, are they satisfied with that? Or no, you think no. Should, you think that they think they should have won more than one. Oh, time. definitely. But I mean, but with them, it's it's not even a fair question because, of course, they're not satisfied because the architects of that team are are on the street. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> they they thought they were going to win ten World Series, and then suddenly they found themselves without jobs. I mean, it, like, it's it definitely was a. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's more of an Enron story than it is like a you know a success story. <laughs> that's not for- fair. No way. That's not fair. They, but, but but think about this, right? They also the other team that's been that good in this in this time period is the Dodgers, who have won whatever it is eight straight and right. West titles before right. this year, uh, and they only have one title. Yeah, right? that's true. And, and now they're going to lose Seager. They're going to lose Kershaw. They might lose Scherzer. They they're going to lose. They're going to lose a bunch. They're going to lose more guys from their core. Yeah. Justin Turner might their be core is done. their core is better. They're, yeah. I mean, so, they just have more young. They have players. more guys. Yeah. 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 But 
if well, they I don't only think they're win, satisfied either. I know. I don't but, think so. And again, this is what Lebatard has been saying about the Patriots is like, it's just so rare. Like this is even if it's disappointing internally to the Dodgers and Astros, it shouldn't be because it is so rare like, to do what even the Giants did, the San Francisco Giants. Oh, absolutely. Titles in five years or whatever it was. It's just you never it's the, the, the number of things that have to work out for you to win more than one one title for it, it, to be sure, but more than one title. Forget about it. It's so many things have to go right. And so the, it's like they're basically they've done the best you can do, which is to say win a title and be really close for a number of years. Right. In a row. Win a title and put yourself in position to win more titles, right. which they both did. I don't think you can you can fault the Astros. Uh, performance. I mean, but I don't think they're happy with it. I mean, I think that they're they're certainly disappointed. And again, the cheating thing adds a whole other element to it. But you you mentioned that with the Patriots, uh, which obviously will lead us right into our next topic, which is nobody's good in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, but I was funny. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine a couple of days ago, and he was talking about his greatest uh, moments. He was talking about how lucky he's been as a sports fan in the last whatever, I guess, five years, six years. He's a big Cubs fan and he's a big Eagles fan. He grew up in Philadelphia, but his dad was a Cubs fan. So he was talking about how he had the Cubs, you know, incredible moment. And he had the Eagles incredible moment. And all I could think of was, first of all, with the Eagles, it's like, Oh yeah, that happened. I totally like, <laughs> like and Nick that's Foles. I was going to say, yeah, that's right. They had that one year there where they were good. And that's kind of what happened to the Cubs too. I mean, the Cubs, you talk about whether the 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 uh, Astros should be disappointed. The Cubs certainly should be disappointed. I mean, that team thought they were going to be in the limelight for the next decade, and they never got back to the series. I mean, they did have a couple more years where at least they got to the uh, to the championship series one time, and and you know made the playoffs a couple other times. But that team truly, I think, ended up being a disappointment. But is a is a perfect example of what you're saying that the, what the Patriots did is never, ever going to happen again. I don't think in any sport, I, I mean, don't either. if I the don't only, either. the only sport where it could happen, I think is the NBA where like you could end up with like two unbelievable young players and then, and they just carry you for the next eight years or something like that. But even know. that might I look mean, at the, I mean, look at the warriors, look at the warriors. Look yeah. how fat. I mean, the warriors, by the way, weirdly, this is a separate topic, but the warriors are like the best team in the NBA this year. <laughs> well, somehow. Cause I don't, cause I don't Steph know has how. decided he's going to score 70 a game or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But even the war, like the warriors, uh, back like they're the moment that Durant joins the warriors. Yeah. What you think is, this is the NBA champion every year for the next 10 years. Yeah. Or five. And then the rea- next five for sure. Five. And yeah. then the reality. So they win that one. Yep. And then they fall apart. It just, yeah. it all falls apart. And now, by the way, they, they might have one more year in them with, with Draymond uh, and Steph. They still don't have Clay Thompson, which is amazing <laughs> that they're winning this it's, way. It really is. Um, and, but like, do you, do you, who, who do you bet on? to win a title more in the next starting now in the next five years, the golden state warriors, or take your pick, the Atlanta Hawks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Detroit Pistons. Like it's probably even odds on, on the, on any of them. 
Yeah. And that that is unthinkable. If you think about where our brains were the moment that Durant said, OK, I'm joining the Warriors, <laughs> we we gave them five titles. We gave yes. them five titles in our minds. And and it all fell apart so fast after that first one. Yeah. And it fell apart in like the weirdest ways, too. Like, I mean, you, you could say, OK, look, egos could destroy this team, but that's not really what happened. And then. And then Durant got hurt. I mean, that was sort of, you know, changed everything. And and Clay Thompson couldn't stay healthy. But it's, you know, look, I, here's the thing I say about the NFL. I mean, I, I think this is the 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 argument, the point that we're that we're gonna make here about nobody being any good in the NFL. Every single time we think that a team is good, you and I will have like a with 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 the with our dear friend Brandon. We'll, we'll have a, you know what? Maybe the Rams are good, right? Like, <laughs> right. okay, you know, oh, the Rams are good. And then it's like, no, they're not. They they they, they just get beat up by whoever. Tennessee oh, beats them by like 30 at home. <laughs> just, oh, just a blip. And then, of course, they were like, oh, the Titans are good. But they're not. I mean, like, they're 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 all good. Nobody's good. Everybody's good. Nobody's good. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's exactly the same thing. I thought for sure the Bills are good. But... You cannot lose to Jacksonville and ever be called good again. They could win five the next five Super Bowls and they're not good. I mean, they no, just well, lost he, to okay. Jacksonville. So here's where I stand on this now. I, I have said the following things over the last week. The Bills are the only good team in the NFL. Right. And they lost to Jacksonville. The Rams are the only good team in the NFL. They lost <laughs> right. at home to Tennessee. Uh, last night, I went on a crazy rant about the Bears. <laughs> yes, I was yes, like, you, did. you know what? Here's what I know, because I was watching the game and the and the and the Steelers, who, again, have a quarterback whose furthest pass downfield this year is two yards behind the line, behind of the line of scrimmage. That's right. His, that's his furthest pass. He's thrown is two and yards grunted, behind the line of scrimmage to Deontay grunted Johnson when he threw it on a bubble screen. Yes, he grunted and, and his arm <laughs> fell off and it had to be screwed back in with by a mechanic, an auto mechanic that they keep on the sidelines. Uh, and so and they, so the Steelers are up 14 nothing. I was like, you know what? Here's what I know. The Bears stink like I they're not the worst team in the NFL, but I know for a fact that yeah. the Bears stink. They right. just can't do anything. They can't. They have no offense. They're just they look so hapless. The Steelers are just tearing through them like a wet Kleenex. Yes. They stink. So then I go out to dinner with my friend and I come back and the Bears are well, up no. 27, 26 with like well, a minute left. Well, let, let's 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 get the full argument here because you're like the Bears stink. And I saw that text and I was like, all right, Mike's, you know, in, in <laughs> on once. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and and he's right. They do stink. But Brandon wasn't having any of it. And Brandon said, you don't know that. You don't even know that. Like you think anything you think you know about the NFL, you don't actually know. And then you and Brandon yelled at each other via mm -hmm. text. Brandon and I have been getting really hostile with it's each been, other over it's text been recently. Awesome. It's been awesome. <laughs> and I'm just on the sideline watching. But, you know, it was like, he was like, you don't know that, the, the, you know, and and then you're like, I do know that. I don't, It's the one thing I know. The like, one thing like, I know. I feel, the one thing I feel confident about in the NFL is that the Bears stink. They just stink. And then, and, and then and I leave and I come back. That game? They, they absolutely, absolutely should have won that game. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, what about that call? What about that weird like bumping into the referee call like that what, is one of, what, that is that was one of the weirdest things i've ever seen if you if you are a conspiracy theorist <laughs> you now believe that nfl games are fixed because right. that if if you didn't see it go look it up
uh, people who are listening to this. Yes. They, this guy, a guy in the Bears is running off the field and kind of gets close to a ref. The ref sticks out his butt yes. and kind like of hip leans, checks him and hip to... checks him and yeah. leans his shoulder into the guy and then calls a 15 yard penalty <laughs> for uh, for like interfering with a ref. It is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And who really knows is. what who knows what was going on before that? Did, did that guy say something to him or, or piss him off or I don't know. But it is truly like a bizarre moment in no, sports. Like it's a, I, it's a, it's a Donaghy at NBA <laughs> ref level weirdness yes. that needs to be looked into. Yeah, no, I mean, it's funny because I was sitting there thinking the same thing, which is like, did that guy say something to him? But you know what that is? That is honestly like the television uh, 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 police drama where they plant like the cocaine on you. Like that's yes, literally what 100%. that hundred percent. That is a dirty cop planting cocaine on someone that he wants to put in jail. And the other the other thing that's hilarious to me is this. In in 1964, that would have worked. Yeah, because you <laughs> just would have people certainly would have looked over and been like, oh, there's a flag on the field. Oh, this guy ran into me. OK, fine. Does that ref not understand <laughs> that there are 35 high definition cameras pointed everywhere on the field at all times like you? This is not that is literally a bank robber trying to get away with robbing a bank like in the middle of like <laughs> the busiest bank in New York City at noon on yeah, a, on a Wednesday, <laughs> like with yes. no mask on. No and mask no, on. And, yeah. Like and it, no weapons. Ha, like you cannot every single thing that happens. The the broadcast has, I don't know, probably 20 cameras. Right. NFL Films has 20 cameras right. at the game. It's the it's the primetime game. It's yeah. the Monday night. Oh, it's a it's uh, I mean, every what fan in the stands has a as a phone <laughs> pointed a high, toward the field. A 4K <laughs> high definition camera. I mean, it is so crazy that you think, oh, I I'm going to frame this guy for. <laughs> so when my I, I may have told the story before in this podcast, but it, it this thing happened when I was a kid that makes me laugh so hard and is and it seemingly relevant to a number of situations. When my little sister was about three, she uh we had a jar. We had a cookie jar, like a like a old timey Norman Rockwell cookie jar in our kitchen, and we were so my my mom and my dad and I and I think my older sister were all gathered like by the by the base of the stairs. We had a little two story house in West Harvard, Connecticut, and uh, she my little sister came walking down the stairs very very slowly, the way little kids walk down, where you step onto a step and then your other foot goes to that step, and you step down again, and you step down again. And she came all the way down and we sort of looked at her and someone said, like, Stephanie, what are you uh, what are you doing? And she said nothing. And she walked past us and she disappeared into the kitchen. And then we kept talking. And then she came out of the kitchen. Her hands were behind her back. She was very clearly hiding a cookie. <laughs> and my dad, I think, said, Stephanie, what do you have behind your back? And she said nothing. And she walked past us and then proceeded to head back up the stairs. But because she was three, she didn't realize that she now had to take her hands that were behind her back. Right. And put them in front of her stomach so as to continue to hide the cookie. So she was walking up the stairs, hide in her mind, hiding the cookie behind yeah. her back. But we were staring right at the cookie as she walked away from us. And I think about this all the time because there are these moments where people do things where it's like you think that you're being sneaky, but and hiding this. 
but you live in a world where there are 40 high definition cameras <laughs> trained on you at all times. There is no way you're going to get away with this. Right. And and I, I when I saw that, I just I kept I watched it like 30 times. Oh, I couldn't, I was I like, couldn't stop. Watching. Is there something I'm not getting about this? Did I is there a different angle that but it is very clearly that the Bears player is making no effort nope. at all nope. to contact him. The ref sticks. The ref basically becomes James Harden <laughs> and st- like initiates the contact and then calls a foul. Oh, it is, yes. So, 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 so bananas. I do not. Uh, there needs to be. I'm not kidding. There needs to be an investigation into this. Because oh, absolutely. That looks so suspicious and sneaky and weird that something very something very untoward is going on there. By the way, that is next generation James Harden, right? Where he actually gets to call the foul himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the next evolution so, of the NBA. Yeah. That'd be so that'd be so great. So so let's 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 blend in uh our Cleveland Browns update, our little check-in on the sure. Cleveland Browns. Uh which by the way, uh, you know, we have a new producer because of the overlords. They wouldn't they, you know, they don't trust us to produce no. this thing, nor nor should they. Um and uh, our new producer has had to get used to all of the music that we have, like that, right. that has that has uh, been given to us by David von Kampen. Uh, God bless him. Um, and I guess what happened, like I guess a couple of weeks ago, he might have missed a cue on on music. Someone, uh, Nick Nick Offerman, a uh, f- uh, friend of the podcast, Nick Offerman, registered a, an intense complaint. Oh, it was intense. <laughs> <laughs> he sent us an audio file complaining about was it, was it one it last was meaningless so thing? I, I can't think we, I think he left out one last meaningless thing. It was yeah. funny because it was it was part of a very long complaint that was yeah. It, it was not. I mean, that was clearly the the low point of the complaint. Like that was like the thing that made him the maddest. Right. But it was there was also plenty of Seppenwall anger in there. As yeah, well. he was railing about Seppenwall in general, <laughs> uh, and but as then also complaining that there was a so. There was a missed music cue. So right now we're going to play the Cleveland Browns <laughs> update music. Go. Now, now. Let's check in on the Cleveland Browns. How are they doing? Okay. So, okay, uh, <laughs> so, um, all right. So the Browns had after this has like been, to me, this is the NFL. The last two weeks, the Browns had an, absolutely horrendous performance against Pittsburgh horrendous worst of the season um, where they, they let a quarterback who cannot throw the ball, you know, two feet Mm -hmm. uh, beat them. Okay. 15 to 10, uh, the embarrassing uh, score of 15 to 10. Yeah. Which was, and it's not even a scoregami. I mean, it was like, it was, it was, you lose 15 to 10, you at least want the scoregami out of it. And uh, and then they had a horrendous like PR week because they had all of the crazy uh, Odell Beckham stuff where his dad put out a or I guess he didn't actually make the video, but he put out the video showing 50 times that he was open. What he put out was a apparently a screenshot of like a YouTube video that he then circled (laughs) was like, look, my son is open. Just so, so, so lame. I mean, like, yes, good job. You're (laughs) sometimes on a football field. A quarterback doesn't notice that a receiver is open. Yes, yeah, well done. Yeah. Good. You, well, you really, you cracked that case wide but the open. The great buddy. thing was the way he labeled it all the times Odell Beckham was open and was missed <laughs> by Baker Mayfield. 
So, so it was, you know, and it, it was great the way the Browns handled it because they were like asking uh, Kevin Stefanski and the delightfully boring Kevin Stefanski, uh, you know, what he thought. He's like, oh, I, I don't even, we don't even pay attention to that. And then meanwhile, they had 500 meetings, like, how are we going to, you know, cut him and release him? And yeah. they do release him and, and everybody's furious. And then they come out and play their best game of the season. They absolutely destroy the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the NFL right there. Like, are the Browns good? No. Are the Browns uh, bad? No. They're just, they they might be the best team in the NFL one week and they might be the worst team in the NFL one week. It's crazy. The real, the real lesson of that game to me was you do not ever want to be the team that everyone is talking about yes. as, ooh, this team is really good yeah, because right. the Bengals had just arrived there. Yeah. When they then got their asses handed to them by the Browns, the Bills had just gotten there and they yeah. got their asses handed to them by the Jaguars, which oh, is really yeah. bad. Well, the Bengals the Rams, lost to the Jets first. They're right. Like, Bengals, that's really... right. Bengals off to the Jets and then the Browns. The Rams got there and then lost to the Titans at home. Yeah. You yep. just what you want to do is is do what the exactly what the Buccaneers did last year, which is float along for the first half of the season a little at 500 or a little better. Yep. Yep. And then late in the year, make your move <laughs> and don't have anyone come out and say, ooh, right. you're really good. Right. Because the second that the country starts talking about how you're the best team, you are guaranteed you're to lose no matter doomed. who you're playing. Yeah. So this so the, the the test of this is the Steelers have now won, I think, four straight or four out of five, five straight. Five Didn't straight. They, they started 0-3, right? Is that right? I or did they start 1-3? I, can't, I, can't I think they started 1-3. and three. Maybe Yeah, because they, they beat the Bills in week one. Well, that's so right. they, okay. Yeah, so, so one and three. So, so I think they've won four, four straight. So yeah. next week, this is the real NFL test. They play the Lions. So <laughs> let, let's see. Let's see if if this if the NFL jinx the NFL league wide jinx holds and they actually lose to the Lions. That would be the ultimate NFL thing if they well, lost to the Lions. Look, I mean, it's part of what why we can't quit the NFL, right? Because it, it's it's never predictable during the during the Browns Bengals game. Uh, Tony Romo. At some point, they were looking at the at the schedule, and the Browns' schedule is pretty tough coming up. Um, and they were like, "Well, you got the one win uh, against Detroit." And I'm like, "No, no you that don't. is no, that you is don't. not a win. That, this is the Detroit NFL. should have beaten the Ravens if not for a <laughs> record-setting field goal at the, in the exactly. last second. Like that. That this is the this is the thing. There really, truly is no way to to bet the NFL to predict the NFL. And I think that the only way you can play in the NFL is to is to be like one of the characters in Squid Game in the first like six episodes of Squid Game where you're like just I don't want to be the first and I don't want to be the last if I'm anywhere in the middle I have a fighting chance of survival that's yeah. basically the NFL now well but here's the question is is um are, is the Browns are the Browns good like I yeah don't know. no the Browns are good I but think they're, they're good, good. I basically think you have a top, you have a, a a middle heavy league, right? It's not top heavy or bottom heavy. It's middle heavy. Right. And if you look at the AFC right now, there are two divisions where every single team is over 500. That's right. The AFC North and the AFC West, I believe every team is over 500. And so you basically, it's not every team is good and bad. It's every team is like pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. The same. They're okay. (laughs) Like every team is five and four and every team has a shot. And week to week, the two and seven Dolphins play the six and three Ravens or whatever. And you're like, the Dolphins won. OK, like, yeah. I believe you. like I there's just it, it is it is a like there are no is, upsets like there are no there's there no. are upsets, but there's nothing that's like 
that's, I mean, earth shattering. Like they were saying that Jackson, I mean, I Jacksonville beating the Bills is as close as we'll get to like a legitimate upset, I think. Yes, but that happens once a year, at yeah. least in this league, the, where like the worst team beats the best team. That's why I'm curious when the Lions win. And I, I, bet you anything that when they finally win a game it's not over the jets right it's over like a, a seven and two team or the seven <laughs> and three team or the browns or whatever because that's just the way that these things tend to go so yeah. we'll see um, i think they're pretty good i think they're pretty good all right we are running out of time all right uh, so we're we're running out of time in our first podcast and i there there are two you can't see this from where you are but over my left shoulder there are two i would describe them as goons from meadowlark media <laughs> who are poor, who are staring at me? They're big guys. Yes, huge. I can see the outline well, of, I have of my weapons own here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they they've got they've got weapons, concealed weapons. They're clearly like ex-military, like yeah. paramilitary guys, and yes. they're pointing at their watches. And so right. we got to we're going to wrap up this first podcast, but we're going to do it with a new segment. New very, segment. I'm so excited yeah. about this. I don't okay, even so know what this is. You don't know what this is. So I have a new segment that I'm we're introducing. We'll have to get music for it from David Von Kampen. Um, and it's called the new segment is called Official Positions. Okay? So for those of you who are maybe new to the podcast, who haven't been listening for the last 31 years. Right. Um, we organically over 31 years and more than uh, 16,000 podcasts. Yes. Have come up with what I would call official positions on various things. Right. That's right. For example, we have an official position on peanut butter, crunchy versus creamy. Correct. That official position is what, Joe? Go ahead. No, no. I I want oh. you to. I want you. Okay. To, the official position. Because that's you. Is, it's it began with you, position, and, I, and yeah. I fully agree. I fully. The official position is that crunchy peanut butter is the only legitimate peanut butter. Correct. Creamy peanut butter is a crime against nature. That's right. And and if you use creamy peanut butter instead of crunchy peanut butter. You are a moral degenerate and you deserve to die in a military prison. That's the official podcast. That's right. That's right. right? That's right. Um, Another another official position we have. Yes. After a no hitter, the correct way to celebrate. That's right. The pitcher jumps into the arms of the catcher because the catcher has all the equipment and it's the easiest thing. The catcher the, is a it's actually a person who catches things. So the catcher should catch that's the right. pitcher when he jumps. But our also our official position on this <laughs> is that after a no hitter, the catcher should jump into the arms of the pitcher because that's what Yogi Berra did when when Don Larson threw his perfect game. Correct. Now, it should be noted if you find a contradiction there, it's hard to see it, but you might be able you to might, see a contradiction. You might, if, you're paying, if you're paying close attention, the real, the real, uh, the reason, the the thing that Joe is referencing there is that we accidentally once <laughs> shifted our official position <laughs> after vehemently arguing that the pitcher should jump into the arms of the catcher. We were talking about this a couple months ago and we accidentally completely flipped our position. <laughs> but I would say the official position on this is that Yogi Berra made a mistake right after the perfect game. Right. And what should really happen is the pitcher should jump into the arms of the catcher. That's yes. the proper way to celebrate. Okay. So right? that's the official position. We're, we're going with right where that is so, our official position. I have three topics from three different sports. Oh, I like that. And in this. the next like five minutes, yes, we are going to determine our official position on each of these things. I okay? love it. I love right. it. Okay, here For, we go. The first one is in baseball. What is your official position on the universal DH? Official position, in my opinion, the podcast official position should be yes to the universal DH. 
I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, so that's it. We are officially yes. There, we don't uh, want pitchers hitting anymore. We're it's it's done the, whatever it. minimal strategic advantage you get out of uh, double switching and yeah, bunting and key it. situations and yeah. clearing eighth place hitter getting the the number the amount of extra boring that games are because <laughs> of pitchers hitting right, which means eighth place hitters get walked all the time. Pitchers are automatic outs. Like whatever, whatever tiny benefit you get from this, from the strategic nature of pitchers hitting yeah. and from the occasional Zach Grinky is awesome. Right. At, when he hits does not outweigh the need for offense in the game. Right. So and the fact that it is just boring to watch pitchers hit, it's just yeah. boring. It's they're They're not good at it. I don't want to see it. I don't want thousands, to see thousands of at bats of yeah. boring. Look, over the I don't of the season. look, I, I know this is, this is controversial, I don't want to see defensive linemen kick field goals. Like that's the way it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see it. I don't want to see them straight on you booting 23 yard field goals. I don't want to see it. So, uh, you know, that's fun. Like, it's like, that's one of those things that sounds super fun until you've seen it like eight times in a row. And then you're like, no, I don't need to see that. I don't need, uh, we're done. Yeah, Yeah. we're done. Okay. So yeah, pitchers out DH official position. That is the official position of the podcast. Universal. We're pro universal DH. Okay. Yes. College football. Okay. What is our official position on Alabama in college football? So, so what are, are we saying? Whether we like Alabama or not, Just like what's Alabama? our position? Do we, are we pro? Are we con? Do we uh, hate them? Do we love them? Are they good for football? Are they bad for football? Now, keep I, in mind, by the way, you and I don't really care about college football. No. So, so, is- so, so I would say because we don't care, I don't know that we even need an official position. But here's what I will say. I was talking about this yesterday with David Hale, who uh, does the college football wrap up for ESPN and is uh, an outstanding uh, person and, and writer. And we were talking about how Clemson this year is kind of terrible, which right, is they stink. delightful, just yeah. delightful. And I don't think it would be delightful if Alabama was terrible. I, See, I, I this I is my position. Kind of I, Alabama. I am too. So I hate them. I hate dynasties in general when yes. I don't, when they're not my team, but there is something kind of uh, it, it for a person who doesn't care that much about college football. It matters that Alabama is always good because yes. I have something to root against. Yes. I ha- yes. I want them to I want them to get the only time I've ever rooted for Clemson in my life <laughs> is when they were in that national championship game against Alabama and beat them. Yes. And and so I kind of have this weird thing where they're Alabama is absolutely the Yankees, the right. Dallas Cowboys. Right. They are the the Duke uh, basketball. Duke basketball. They are yep. they are the the dynasty yeah. of all dynasties, not just recently, but throughout history. That really is what makes them like the Yankees to me. Yes. Is they were amazing. In the yeah, 50s. they were always good. That's right. That's they were right. always good. Yeah. And and I kind of don't I, I don't like imagining a world in which Alabama is irrelevant because it makes my tenuous interest in college football <laughs> even more tenuous. I at least can now watch. I can. I can enjoy the excellence at some level of that yes. system and of the players. And by the way, the Patriots this year have a, a drafted in the second round last year, a defensive lineman from Alabama named Christian Barmore, who they drafted him in the second round. Right. So he wasn't even one of the best <laughs> Alabama defensive guys. And he is 
if you watched any of the game against uh, uh, the Panthers on Sunday, he's single-handedly... He's unblockable. He, he's, he's unblockable. unblockable. He's unblockable. He, <laughs> he single-handedly wrecked the game plan of the Panthers. He knocked down, by my count, this is unofficial, but I believe he knocked down 31 passes over that's the right. course of the no, game. That's right, 31. Yeah, and so I can appreciate the excellence of the system and all that sort of stuff. I hate Nick Saban. I want him to fail constantly. <laughs> so it gives. it just gives me... As as a tenuous college football fan, it gives me something to root against, and yeah. something and an, and a level of interest that I would nord or no. I have. they are they are the empire, and and I like the I like that they're there. I really do. And I gotta say, there was that brief period of time in the in the late eighties and nineties when Alabama wasn't very good. Um, you know, they won that national championship in the nineties, but then you know. Bill Curry came in to your friend, but, but it didn't work. And, and, you know, things Saban had to save that program basically. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, it just wasn't that fun when they're no good. It's just like, yeah. it's like, all right. So now it's like a whole bunch of Auburns out there. I mean, there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm like, I want just enough order in college football that, that we have something that like, like the, it's a backbone of the sport, you know? Exactly. It wouldn't, Star Wars movies wouldn't be as fun if the Rebel Alliance were fighting a bunch of small, right. independent, <laughs> evil governments. Right, right. <laughs> you need, exactly right. They are, you need a Death Star, and they are the Death Star. So and we I are weirdly, the official position is we are weirdly pro-Alabama. How about that? See, that's why we're doing this segment. It's interesting to get to our official positions on things. Sure. I would not have guessed that I, when I was coming up with this list, I was like, oh my God, I think I'm pro Alabama football. And I'm glad to hear that you're taking yes. the same thing. Okay. Final one. And we've talked about this before. This is now in the world of NBA basketball. What is our official position on James Harden? Okay. Well, so I don't know. I don't know how much this has shifted because my official position on James Harden has always been, I love the guy, like okay. always, even like, I loved that he was the most hated guy in the NBA. I loved that people thought he was super boring. Like I was totally enamored with him, even, even in the Houston days when it was like, because it's like, nobody else does what he does. It's like, he, it's like he, he found the cheat code for the NBA and I realized that that kind of stinks and it's not that fun to watch and it's all that. But then he went to, you know, now I think he's particularly, you know, now that he just decided, okay, now I'm a passer and he, and he just decided I'm just going to lead the league in, in assists and I'll be okay. And, and be in the background of it a little bit more. I, I'm very pro James Harden. Okay. So I am going to, uh, even though this defeats the whole purpose of what I'm doing here, I'm going to, I'm going to withhold my official um, <laughs> position because for exactly this reason. So when I was at Saturday Night Live, we uh, my friend James Egan was a writer there. And I had a I had an early Xbox in my office. This is 2003, 2004. Right. And we used to play Madden. And James was a Miami Dolphins fan and I was a Patriots fan. So he would play the Dolphins and I would play the Patriots. And he would he was a, a kind of a video game savant. Okay. And he there was a play in the uh in the Madden offense called All Streaks, which was basically five wide receivers or running backs would fill those slots. They would all it was a, basically a Hail Mary type of situation where they would just all run straight down the field. And what James had figured out is that 
the other team's defense might have like two great <laughs> cornerbacks and a great safety, but then they had an okay safety. And then the, like on the fifth wide receiver, there would be like a linebacker or the, you know, the sixth or seventh defensive back. <laughs> Someone was going to be open. And so he would draft. He would, when, when we got to the draft, he would just draft guys who were at 99 speed. He didn't oh. care. He didn't care about whether they were good at anything else. Right. He, so he had five it. guys who were 99 <laughs> speed. They would run right past you. And like half the time they would drop the ball because their hands were at like 57 right. or whatever. But he would just run the same play again. He knew you couldn't stop it. <laughs> he would run that play over and over and over and over, and he would win every single game. And yeah. I, it made me so angry that I would rage quit and I would throw my controller on the couch. And I, at one point, I kicked my desk so hard it, it jostled the game and the game just ended. And basically, that James Egan is James Harden yeah. in the NBA. That's right. He's, That's right. He's, just, he's a video game troll who just finds cheat codes like you said or, or yeah. loopholes and exploits them so i can respect that and i can admire <laughs> that i don't enjoy watching him play and never have yeah. i if you look at his career stats he's not a particularly good three-point shooter no he's never he's he i think has never been over 40 percent in his life nope he's usually at like 36 percent or 35 percent, which is like roughly league average he just took 17 of them when everybody else was taking five that's right and he's much better as a passer and a distributor, but he's also just like kind of gets bored and just like starts <laughs> heaving shots. And so now the league has completely changed its rules essentially to stop him. Yeah. They've changed the like jump contact rule. They've changed right. all these foul rules. So Mike, the reason I'm withholding judgment is I want to see if he has one more loophole in him. <laughs> I want to see if he has one more, like assess the league, figure out a way to, to cheat the league and yep. like reinvent himself one more time before he retires. And if he does, I will begrudgingly be pro James Harden. <laughs> I, will, I will begrudgingly say like, you know what? That guy's done this like four times and I have to respect and admire him and I'll be pro him. But if he doesn't, I, I'm going to say like, no, I, I've never liked watching him play. So, I don't think it's fun. So what is our rule if we disagree on the official position? Decision pending. That's the way. Ah, that's the, decision so, pending. Okay. so basically now we have chunky peanut butter pro. That's right. Uh, catcher catches pitcher yes. after no hitter pro. Yes. Universal DH pro Alabama football pro. James Harden decision pending. Decision pending. Okay, this is pending great. Further information. All yeah. right. So every every uh, every sort. What are we calling this podcast? There's like, well, like uh, we have the draft podcast. This is sort of our just. Uh, this is well. This is just a segment. We we have segments. no, no. I know, but what are we calling this overall? The the, the first podcast. Oh, the podcast. The, the, the mothership. We're calling this the mothership. <laughs> this is the mothership <laughs> podcast. Uh, every mothership podcast, we need to come up with three official positions. Yes. And we'll go back and forth. You can choose them for the next yes, one. And, and they should always be sprung upon the other person. We should yes. never know who <laughs> what, what they, they are beforehand be. because it's good to work it out in the moment. I think I love it. I love it. All right. What is our what is our um, uh, cliffhanger? Yeah. What is our cliffhanger, cliffhanger for, for the next? Because I think we should do one last meaningless thing only once. And I think we should do it in the in the draft podcast. OK, so yeah. no, no one last meaningless thing. If you want that, you've got to tune in. <laughs> you got to tune into the thing. And also, Mike will reveal. What are you going to reveal? What what special reveal are you going to give in the second podcast? Well, I, my special reveal will, will is always the way I sign off. Right. This is the ah, way I sign true. off is. Yep. The way I sign off changes every time now. It is. Per, it is. Per Meadowlark rules. And it, it that's is. I mean, I would 
I would say thrilling. I don't know if you want to say exciting. That's fine. I would say it's thrilling. It's to more wait thrilling to than out. exciting. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're done. Almost 45 minutes, a little longer, but we're done. We're done. But but to tease in the next podcast will be our official draft, uh, yes. which you'll have to tune in to listen to what the topic is. And, and one last my, meeting thing. One last meeting this thing and my thrilling, unique sign off for for today's uh, podcast. But, but you're not going to sign off on this one? No, I'm not going to sign off. And then you got to tune in to the next one to listen. No, but to so when I say, as always, Mike, thank you. What are you going to say? I'm just going to say this time. I'll say thanks for having me. Ah. And then next time I'll give the thrilling individualized <laughs> sign off. If that's not worth waiting for, I don't know what is. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.